Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hello out there in Radio Land. This is Hank Hill, Assistant Manager, Strickland Propane. Come on down to Strickland where you can get a great deal on the new Char King 320 Propane Grill. We have other propane grills and propane accessories for your grilling needs. So come on down. Mention this ad for an extra 5% off of your next propane tank fill-up. by Strickland Propane, Harlan, Texas. Uh, have a great day. Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Rusty. Rusty. Um, Megalomart blew up. Yeah, that was uh, season two. It in, blew up the big. of season two. Yeah. Yeah. Completely uh, exploded. Now we have moved on. We're in season three. Season three. Holy crap. Episode one, Death of a Propane Salesman. Yeah. That's where we're at, actually. This one's rough. Yeah, it's a, it's a darker episode. Uh, yeah. Might be one of the more darker episodes. Yeah, period. it kind of is. We we it's watch all Hank, about death. We watch Hank crumble, and it is all about death. What is that death of a salesman reference? Death of a salesman, famous play. Um, Arthur yeah. Miller, right? Arthur I believe Miller it's play. Arthur Miller. Yeah. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. Arthur Miller yep. play. Yeah, uh, super dark play uh, about a guy coming to uh, terms with his life and death and all that and his his existence. Um, so that's kind of what we're doing here. Yeah. So, for the first time ever, we get a previously on King of the Hill. Yep. All right. For the first time ever, we get Bobby announcing previously on King of the yeah, Hill. Previously on King of the yeah. Hill. And uh, we see Chuck Mangione on the TV. Or we don't see him, but we hear him talking about yep. uh, Megalomart now having propane. Uh, Hank and Peggy are watching the TV. Hank is uh, uh, he, he's very taken back by the fact that Megalomart has propane. And I got to tell you... Um, you're going to hear some sounds during this episode. That is uh, the fruit pie sounds. Yeah, we, uh, well, you know, I was a little late to recording today. So generally the rule of thumb is if you're going to be late somewhere, bring snacks. Bring a snack. Because you can't be right. mad at somebody oh, that's yeah. giving you a hot, yeah. a hot fruit pie. Like 
I, I saw the look on uh, our producer's face, Mason here, and Heck yeah. he just looked furious, like he was about to rip doors off hinges. Yeah. But then he saw the fruit pie, and he was like, "All was good," you know. So yeah, he just completely changed. Yeah, I mean, he just he just went back to being a big softy again. Look how docile he is now. Yeah, it's wonderful. Once you feed a man a fruit pie, there's not much <laughs> else you can be mad at. Yeah, so we got the fruit pies, uh, aka Bobby. Um, yeah, shout out to Bobby on the fruit pie, and also. What a burger, fruit pies. What? So it's a, a water burger. burger fried apple pie. No, it's yeah. fried. Yeah. It's good. We talked about that. Um, McDonald's with these stupid baked pies. Baked pies. Nobody so wants those. we hear we see Buck telling Hank he's got to let him go. We see Hank, you know, coming to grips with the he's being fired. Uh, then we have Buckley uh, telling Luann, you know, I've takes the test now. I gave the job to somebody else. Hank turns around. Then we see Chuck Mangione, uh, who who is prominent in this episode. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's he he, uh, he definitely has a a, a few pop up spots that he really uh, does. He you uh, don't really see much of. This him is when generally yeah, this is when we we start featuring Chuck as like a character in the show. Yeah, he's know? not just the dude playing the yeah. flugelhorn on TV. Yeah. He's not a commercial anymore. Yeah, he's so, an actual tangible figure. It's him walking out onto the stage and he says, "How you doing, Arlen? Are you ready to soft rock?" And then we see Luann breaking up with Buckley. Uh, then uh, Hank sniffing the air because he knows that sound and that smell of the propane leaking. Then Peggy, Hank, and then Bill, Chuck, and then <laughs> Buckley and Luann are in there, and then we start the episode. Yeah, so, that's where it begins. Everything blew up. We don't know who's dead, who's alive. I like the recap. Yeah. I like that they did the quit. You yeah. Know. yeah, it's cool. Well, it's the first uh, season to season episode. I don't think it's the last one. I think they have a few no, that are cliffhangers. Yeah, coming. But uh, I think it's real cool that they did that. So when this runs in syndication, it generally runs. They'll run the hour. Oh, really? The I'll hour of King of the Hill. Because if they have two spots for King of the Hill, whenever they run those episodes, they just run them concurrently. They run right yeah. next to each other. So we transition into the first scene, and this is uh, uh, there's a playground in Arlen, and they've got, and I don't know if you remember these, but they've got those big rockets that you crawl up into. Like it's a jungle gym type thing, but but it's a rocket, and you crawl up into it, and you get on the top perch, and that's where we find Bobby and Connie. Yeah, that, that's where they're at. I've never seen that before, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if yeah, you say they so. can kind of see they can kind of see the, the the landscape. Yeah, of Arlen. They can see the. Horizon. It's kind of like the the old Simba, you know. Yeah. Everywhere the light touches the, is Arlen. Everywhere the propane goes. Yeah. Um, and so. Anyway, they're up there talking, uh, and we, we as the audience, can see the smoke coming up from Megalomart in the back. They have yet to see this. Um, Bobby says, we must be getting old, Connie. And Connie says, we're 12, Bobby. We are old. We've got to figure out where we're, what we're going to do with our lives. Yeah. Bob, Bobby says he's going to go to college and study prop comic tree. Comic tree. Uh, and then, uh, Connie, she comes back with, uh, she can't decide whether to be a concert violinist or to lead the fight against the overuse of antibiotics, which is, uh, oh, I thought it said country violinist. No, she's going to be a concert violinist. Oh yeah. I misheard what she said when I was watching that. <laughs> and Bobby says, uh, that she should be a violinist. That way, uh, she could be the opening act, uh, for him and they could travel the world together. And then here comes Dooley. Stuart Dooley. <laughs> Dooley pops his head up and says, Your dad got blowed up. Your dad got blown up. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get a gasp from Bobby because they finally see the smoke. Uh, we now transition to the blown up Megalomart. And I mean, it is gone. It's gone. And then there's like this death whale 
Yeah. From from Peggy. Peggy is running all over the place. Hank, please, someone help me. Hank, my husband is in there. He had to take this job because nobody else would hire him, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, the EMT says, we're doing everything we can, Miss Mangione. <laughs> and then another one of the EMTs or the firemen says, I got two. Uh, Peggy sees two people uh, come out in blankets, and we see that it's Hank and Luann. Peggy responds with, oh, Hank, you're alive. And he says, I'm all right, Peggy. Uh, he, and he tells the fireman that there's two more inside. Yeah. Peggy's like, oh, thank God you're okay. I was so worried. Oh, and Luann. And then the blanket falls off Luann's hair, and her hair is, is gray to black. Ashen. And, and, it's, and it's all gone, right? And Peggy is like, oh, my Lord. Uh, and we, we get... The first of two reactions from Hank, which is whenever he sees her hair, uh, Luann says, oh, my hair feels weird. And she tries to comb it. She's obviously in a state of shock. Yeah, she's shocked. But her hair. At least she was just inside of a whole entire department yeah, store yeah. that completely was just annihilated. Absolutely. But all of her hair falls off. We see it hit the ground. She finally sees the shadow of herself as a bald woman. And she goes, oh, my God, I'm bald. She wasn't a fan of it. No, not at all. She didn't really no, like that. No. Uh, and then they bring out Chuck, and he says, I don't feel so good, which is a is a reference to his song, Feel So Good. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Oh, it's I like that little yeah. tongue-in-cheek thing there. Then we see the back of a uh, fire engine. We've got Hank and Peggy and Luann sitting there uh, kind of in the blankets waiting, you know, after after an ex- after the major catastrophe or whatever you see people sitting a really bad catastrophe yeah 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 with the uh, dale is just there the foil the blankets yeah. you usually see them with the foil yeah. blankets yeah like those moon blankets yeah what's yeah. I, well, I, I never understood why movies did that when people were in like the movies that are like based in la uh-huh. and then they pull them out of a fire and then they put them in those blankets because those blankets are really just thermal blankets meant for like if you're on the side of the road in a car wreck and it's in a cold place yeah those are really good for like trapping heat my pie so leaked all over my face Oh, I went to take a bite of my pie and it went everywhere. Yeah, guys, we're getting rated immature over here. It was here. just warm, yeah. warm pie liquid came out of my came out of my mouth. Yuck, Mike Pie Face. I I got pie faced. Yeah, by myself. Um, so sorry, I'm chewing my pie. No, it's a good pie. <laughs> I really am tempted to go here when I leave again and go buy three pies just for myself. <laughs> More pies. <laughs> no, they're really exceptionally good. That's a really good water burger. The water burger on my side of town yeah. is trash. Yeah. Like. They are, whenever you get them, you can tell they're darker because the grease is bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the they yeah. actually look, the they look way dark. Like how these are like light and fluffy and crispy. Pies. They're like, yeah. like, they don't have, on my side of town, they're hard. And when you bite them, you can, all you can taste is just dirty grease. You hear that? So I don't buy them. Dirty grease. That's me rubbing pie into my beard. Pie beard. Yeah, I got pie beard. Um. Okay. So the one thing I, I need to go back yeah. and take care of is no bell, no yell. No bell, no yell. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah, before my sister gets the furious with yeah. this. Um, so they're sitting on the back of the fire engine, and uh, Hank says, what about Buckley? Did you find him? He's asking kind of the fire people. and uh, says, I'm sorry, sir, but so far it appears that there were no survivors. Um, and then Luann's like, oh, my God, I'm bald. Um, you think she's reacting to Buckley, but she's not. Um, now we're at a hospital waiting area, and we've got Bobby and uh, this is a weird scene to me because we've got Bobby and Peggy sitting in the hospital waiting room. And Bobby's asking what's taking him so long. When does he get to see his dad? 
Peggy says, yeah. your father and Luann will be out soon, honey. And then she looks at Bobby and says, Bobby, that's not a mint, and takes a piece of chalk out of his mouth Yeah, and Bobby puts it on the chalkboard behind him. It's like Bobby's Kirby or something, you know, just sucking up everything around him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a video game reference. Yeah, how Mike. about that, huh? Yeah, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I've been studying. Uh, and, and so Hank comes out. He's played through all of Kirby. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> He's yeah. He's working you know his me. way. He's working you know me. I'm Kirby head. Yeah. Uh, Hank comes out of the, uh, the, the emergency room. He's like, all right, let's go home. Uh, Bobby runs up, hugs him, says, Dad, you're all right. Um, Peggy asks if there's any permanent damage. Hank says, no damage, no scratches, no dents, no dings. Bobby, what do you say we go hit the batting cages? Just like nothing ever happened. Yeah, he just wants to go swing for the fences, oh. which is, uh, you know, it, that, that's a sign of trauma, I think. I think he's a little traumatized. I don't so, think he's in his in his right state. Oh, of Lord, mind. no, he's not. Bobby just was like, okay, great. You know, he's, he's always he up for whatever. Bobby's up for whatever, yeah. always. Especially Peg if I said, hey, a Whataburger fruit pie. Oh, absolutely. I think he would eat like five. Peggy, he would eat as many as you got. You think um, you think that he would really eat himself to the point where he puked, though? You think oh, yeah. Bobby Hill would, like, you don't think he has a cutoff? No. You don't think he, you don't no. think so? I think he does. I think Bobby is I don't think he has a cutoff pit. when it comes to deli meat, though. I think he's an endless pit. He likes but we do learn that about the deli meat salami, later. Salami, yeah. yeah. He loves his salami. <laughs> that boy loves some salami. Um, Sorry, I'm still chewing a pie. So, Peggy is a little concerned. She says, Hank, slow down. You almost died today. Hank says, well, that's a good thing about death. You either die or you don't. Yeah. I didn't, so let's go hit some balls. <laughs> Peggy says, Hank, you sure you're okay? Um, you good over there, Mike? Then comes, yeah, yeah, yeah I just got you pie. need a glass of milk. I got pie in my teeth. I think that would be a good, I think that would go good with a glass of milk. Oh, yeah, big glass of milk. Uh, cow milk. Big old glass of cow milk. Big old glass of cow milk. Mm -hmm. Um, you know what the best cow milk in town is? Mm. The Milking Dairy out in McGregor or whatever. Yeah. Oh man, amazing milk! Just right out of the teat. Right out of the teat. You can get you can get raw. <laughs> no, you can, you, can, you can actually get the raw milk from. Can there. you really? Yeah, you can get raw milk. And raw milk's to, really good. I think it's. Is it supposed to be bad for you? Uh, I don't know. I think milk pump full of hormones is probably worse. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. I like the taste of hormones. Uh, out comes Luann. Until you start growing tits. <laughs> out comes teats. Thank you very teats. much. Sorry, teats. Sorry, uh, teats. Out comes Luann. Peggy says, uh, Lu she's prepping everybody. She says, now Luann's going to look different, maybe even hypnotically grotesque, but do not stare. And as soon as Luann comes out, everybody stares at him, it's, it, including everybody Peggy. Including Peggy. Uh, Bobby has to look away. He's so repulsed. And he says, I'm real sorry about Buckley, Luann, and your hair. And um, Peggy's like, oh, Bobby, stop. You know, Luann, honey, it'll be fine. We'll just cover it up with makeup, and it'll be fine. Here comes Luann with her pity party, which I'm not a big fan of this version of Luann. I'm not a way. big fan of this version either. She's a little... Mm. She's oh, a, yeah. She's kind of a pain in the butt. She's a little, oh, yeah. She says, no, Aunt Peggy, I'm not going to use, I'm I'm not going to use hair or makeups anymore. Makeups. I don't I don't really understand why that's plural. Uh, I learned something from that explosion. Beauty doesn't last forever. It can be blown off your head, which is a, a wonderful way to live. Yeah. We transitioned into the alleyway. Uh, all yeah. four guys standing there just like normal. It's, I think this shows, I mean, that's another dark, and that's another dark part of it. It's mm -hmm. not just dark for Hank. It's just, it's it's dark the whole 
everybody involved in this show has to deal with. Well, even even the guys later on, darkness. they get super dark about it. Oh yeah, when they're all standing yeah. at the fence. As so usual. Bill is dragging in a trash can, and he says, "Oh, Hank, you poor thing, you shouldn't be standing after your accident." Hank's just like, "I'm fine. It's no big deal. Buildings explode. That's what they do." Um. <laughs> And that is not what buildings do. But That's okay. not what buildings do. He says, can we please talk about something else? Bill, you're in flavor of a, a flat tax. You in haven't flavor. said a word about it. You're in flavor. You're in flavor of a I'm just thinking tax. about pies. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you're in flavor of a flat, fat tax. Uh, he says, you hadn't said a word about it. Dale pops up and says, uh, did you happen to see Buckley or any part of whom of attempting to flee the scene of the, quote, accident? Dale, the boy is no more. <laughs> so matter of fact. He says all they found of him was his name tag. Yeah. Dale pops up and says, well, that's all they wanted you to find. Uh, it's a classic cover-up. That boy's no deader than Mother Teresa. Um, and then we get... Uh, Which I don't get I don't, I don't get that at all. Was Mother Teresa alive at this point? She was dead, I believe, at this point. I wonder what year yeah. she died. So uh, we get Buck Strickland. He comes up in his Cadillac car. Uh, honking because anybody important drives a Cadillac car. Uh, he says, Hank, old girl, Strickland's back in business. Get ready to pump some propane tomorrow. Hank says, uh, all right, sir, I might be a little late. I don't know if I gave Megalomart my notice. He says, why, I think you gave your notice, Nitro. And he, he just laughs about it. He thinks yeah, it's funny. Yeah, he thinks, well, because he's, he's being assumptuous. He's, he's kind of like, hey, Hank, rib, 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 I know you did it. Yeah, come on, tell me you did it, because I know you did it. Hank says, I yeah. have nothing to do with that explosion, which hasn't affected me in any way. Uh, Strickland drives off, and then we see Hank pour a beer in a glass. And all of the guys are just like, oh, my God, something's wrong with Hank, because he's pouring his beer in a glass. Well, see, that's the, I have a story for that. So yeah. uh, my dad, all my life, my entire life, always has drank his beer out of a cup, glass, oh, yeah. mostly yeah. a glass. Yeah. And uh, I always drink mine out of yeah, and I don't like uh, cans. well, 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 that's this. This is his scientific explanation for it because I asked him when I was an adult, you know, and I drank beer out of a can by that point, and I drank beer out of a bottle, and I drank, you know, at that point, I tried it, you know, out of a shoe, whatever. Sure, I right, dr- drank yeah. it out of just about everything you drink it out of. Before yeah. I asked him this question, and I was like, well, what is the reasoning? Like, why? And he said, well, the porosity of aluminum is different than the porosity of glass. Mm-hmm. One is infinitely smooth. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other has slight porosity, and you get a bit yeah. of the flavor yeah. of the can. Oh, you definitely is what do. It is. Yeah, and he doesn't like the. I was like, well, if that porosity is there and that flavor is there, isn't the flavor in the beer regardless of where you're drinking it out of? And he said, no. He said, once I pour it in that that glass, he's mm-hmm. like, there's no friction. Yeah, and he said it's just different. I was like, well, all right. I have a I have a much simpler reason why I don't drink things out of a can, and that's because uh, I've seen rats run across the top of them and pee on the can. Well, he's not seen that, but he did tell me he had a bad experience one time where uh, he did get a beer that had something in it from the, the manufacturer, like some sludge or something in it, Gross. and that's why he that that was that was that was his story. But that was the sci- he gave me a scientific, but there's yeah. there's yeah, an yeah, actual yeah. story. Yeah. The the story no, I like is the scientific part the of it. Sludge. That's great. Yeah, yeah, he got a he got a bad batch of beer from well, that's the uh, thing. company you, back in the day. At a certain when he was point, like eighteen. At a certain point, you got to pour it out just so you can see. Well, he was real young when yeah. it happened. It was like in, you know the beginning of his beer drinking experiences. So it changed. It was like, eh, well, maybe I'll just do this instead. He did get a free case of beer though. Well, there you go from the company for that. You, you ever got seen a coupon the, for beer? You ever seen the movie Strange Brew? No, I haven't. 
So it's the Bob, it's Bob and Doug McKenzie who used to be on SCTV. Uh, you probably don't understand that reference either. But SCTV, that's that's the Canadian uh, troupe, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Second City Television. Yeah, Second City. But um, so they, Toronto, right? Yeah, they would do. They have one in Chicago too. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's the Second City part. The Second City part. Um, but uh, they, the big joke was they would take their, they would shove a mouse into one of the beer bottles and then take it to the beer place and they would give them free beer. So, oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Uh, we transition into the kitchen. Bobby is eating what looks to be an entire box of cereal. Uh, the phone rings, and Peggy says, Hello, Peggy here. Hank, it's Mr. Strickland. Uh, we see Hank across the room in the, in the kitchen, and he's working on the toaster free, feverishly. Like, he's unscrewing all of it. He's, he's dumping stuff out. Says, Busy, take a message. She says, uh, Can he call you back? Oh, oh I see. She hangs up the phone and she says, Hank, why didn't you not tell me that Mr. Strickland offered you your job back? Yeah. He says, well, it just happened yesterday. And this is when you know, I mean, Hank is There's got to be something wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, because for Hank to not go trouble. running back to work, like in a full sprint, yeah, there, yeah. there was something definitely wrong. Peggy says, honey, he's got customers lined out the door. And uh, Hank says, uh, Peggy, I am in the middle of decrumming the toaster. And, of course, Bobby pops up and says, save the crumbs. Save the crumbs. I guess Bobby just eats a handful of crumbs. Well, I'm guessing what Bobby likes to do with the crumbs is, like, yeah. a parfait kind of thing. So he gets, like, you he know, puts maybe. puts them on something or what? Well, I would call it yogurt, uh -huh. like a yogurt parfait. But I don't see Bobby eating a yogurt parfait. No. I see it being more like a, a chocolate pudding sure. with strawberry sauce. And then, you know, garnished with some breadcrumbs from the toaster. Right. You just take the breadcrumbs from the toaster. You ever yeah. eat the breadcrumbs out of a toaster? I've never eaten breadcrumbs out of a toaster, but I have eaten toasted breadcrumbs. Well, but not out of a toaster. I, I think once they're in the toaster and you have to dump them out, it's gross. Well, there's a lot of stuff that's happened okay, to Only them. if it's done every single time and it's cleaned every single time if you just throw yeah. your toast in there yeah. toast and you've got an accumulation of two years of breadcrumbs. well if you've yeah. got two years of breadcrumbs uh that you've got you got way bigger <laughs> issues than breadcrumbs in Do the toaster you? i don't know that i've ever cleaned my toaster out am i supposed to i i, I probably would because bread is not something that just keeps forever yeah i understand that bread but, is you, a but you've kind of burn it right i mean so it didn't it just uh, carbon ash, I at guess. that point? I guess it's just car yeah I guess I guess it wouldn't really matter no not per se I don't know it's I don't even have a toaster Here, my toaster got used uh, when I ran out of a lighter to you know what to light I joints I, I use a toaster now you know what I don't have a toaster anymore you don't have a toaster we have a we have a, we toaster. have an air fryer we don't have oh, a toaster so you air fry your bread now so we air fry our bread yeah I uh, which I don't do I've my wife does bread. my wife air fries the bread I I like putting it in the um the the grilling part of the oven, what do you call that? Uh, the grilling part of the oven. Uh, yeah, the broiler. Broiler. I like to put it in the broiler, but I always burn my toast. I think so. I think it's a broiler. Yeah. Yeah, it always gets burnt. Uh, so Hank is working on that toaster. Bobby wants to save the breadcrumbs. We now go into Lou Ann's room. Uh, she's fiddling with a camera. Uh, looks to be a pretty old camera because it's it's a film camera. It's not a digital camera. Uh, Peggy says, Luann, honey, look, it's two of your old friends, the manger babies. And she's got the, the jackass and the, and the penguin. Yeah. Uh, Luann says, uh, she just kind of snorts and says, sock puppets are for <clears throat> babies. In the real world, beauty fades and penguins die a cold, horrible death. Yeah, that's terrible. Like, she just, uh, she's doing this all, uh, this whole, I don't know, what, I, it, macabre. Yeah. 
kind of. Do you remember Sinead O'Connor? I remember who Sinead O'Connor is. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I, I know actually, who she is, but I don't know. Wh- I know she was an Irish singer, right? I actually wrote that down an before they bring it up later. You know, I was like, oh, she looks like Sinead O'Connor. Well, the only Irish uh, singer that I listened to, I guess the Irish band, if you want. Well, I call it a singer because the lead singer was the only one that was singing, but uh, the Cranberries. Yeah. Uh, zombies. Uh-huh. 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 Oh, yeah. Yep. I love that song. Uh, so <laughs> she is all upset. Uh, she says, uh, in the real world, penguins die a cold, horrible death. Peggy's like, so you're not going to go back to beauty school then? She says, I'm tired of making the world look pretty. I want to show the world for what it is with photojournalism. Photojournalism. <laughs> Peggy says, and her idea of photojournalism is, well, that's it. Yeah. She uh, she shows these pictures to Peggy and she says, "Look at these pictures of hungry children," and, and Peggy looks at them. And she goes, "Why is this seeing Oh, this is just a picture of the TV." Luann, Luann says, "Oh, it's nice to be smart, Aunt Peggy, smart and well fed." I don't know why all of a sudden she's worried about hungry children. Where did this come from? Uh, where did well, I don't know what her obsession with the well. And the funny thing is, is she's taking pictures of TV for one. <laughs> sure, she's taking pictures of CNN, yeah. thinking that she's she's out there making that making it's a difference. Ki- it was kids running in an alley, like they they looked a little worried, but I don't know that they were hungry. Yeah, I don't know I if mean, they were hungry either, <laughs> unless they were running down the alley for a loaf of bread. But her, I don't know where this obsession comes from. She's just really, I don't know. She's always just doing something that's a little odd. It doesn't make a lot of sense, especially later at the funeral. Uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, we are now at the blown up Megalomart and a man from the Texas RRC. We the see Texas on the back R-R-C. of his windbreaker. He's going the RRC? Through, he's going through the rubble. So the RRC is the Texas Railroad Commission. Okay. So the Railroad Commission is over those sorts of things, uh, propane explosions and stuff like that, I, I, I guess. I don't know. I said that with confidence know. like I knew, but I don't, I don't know that that's the truth. Um, so Dale, for some reason, is at the explosion site. Uh, this man is kind of going through the rubble. Yeah, they're going through anything. the rubble. He says, uh, find the body yet, Quincy? You know Quincy? Quincy Jones? Old TV, no. Old, <laughs> old TV detective, Quincy. That's what it is. Who was it? Who played it? I don't remember. It was somebody Peter famous. Frampton. Peter Frampton. No, sure. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I'm just naming Peter people Frampton. from the air. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying names at this point. <laughs> he, he had that little mouth thing in the whole yeah. time. He was like, I'll see your body. It's great. Uh, the guy says, uh, we have some remains that we're analyzing. You needn't concern yourself. Uh, Dale, of course, who likes to stick himself into these sorts of situations, he says, oh, I needn't, shouldn't I? And maybe I should not know that all Megalomart employees have a $5,000 insurance policy. The guy says, that's nonsense. This is a very straightforward investigation. He says, that's what they want you to think. The guy says, sir, we are they. We are they. <laughs> Dale's like, whoa. And, and he, just he runs, runs off. off. Yeah. Texas Railroad Commission. So we transition to uh, the Hill's backyard. Hank is uh, standing over a plate of T-bones, and he's just, like, poking at them with the fork. Yeah. Uh, it's the grilling a weird fork. scene. I don't know. This is really weird. Uh, Peggy from the inside, she says, Hank, fries are up. Honey, how are the steaks coming? He says, uh, still tenderizing. I don't want to rush them. She comes out, and she takes a look at them. She says, you've been pounding the bahasis. 
which the I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. Out of that beef since noon. Throw it on the grill. Let's go. Well, I'm trying to even, what would that even mean? Behesis? I guess bejesus. The bejesus. The behesis. The behesis. The behesis. I guess I guess maybe bejesus is. It's, it's bejesus, but I think she's trying to say it. I don't know. I don't know. Behesus. All the. Hey, the bejesus. The behesus. The behesus. Got it. Oh, Peggy, man. You're a trash human being. You know, like, I really like. When I'm reading, when I was reading all, like, the fans stuff and all that you know I take it with a grain of salt I, I try sure. to approach it without yeah. a bias yeah. but the more we we watch Peggy like I really do kind of agree with people that she might be a she's a, a, a bad a bad person she's kind of a bad person <laughs> yeah so uh she tells him just throw him on the grill and this is when we get uh a uh, uh kind of a flashback from Hank yeah uh, kind of a PTSD moment you know he <laughs> an ABCD moment he takes a look at the uh, at the grill he he seems to hear it hissing. Um, he's he's all sweaty, like his pits are all stained and everything. You never see Hank this way. No, nah, Hank is uh, supremely stressed. Yeah, you hear the the the, the severely ominous music, you know, dun, 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 and he sees the grill explode in front of him, and then it comes through, and it's just the grill sitting there. And so, very very unlike Hank. I don't care what has happened before. He takes the stakes and just pitches them over the fence. Over the fence. That Good is meat. the weirdest and, thing. And Hank doesn't buy. Hank's not going to go and buy. He's not buying crappy meat. A cheap, no. thin cut. No. If you look at those stakes. These are T-bones. When they're flying through the air, if yep. there's somebody on the receiving end of that, yep. it's 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 going to, you know. Well. They, it's like Uncle Rico with Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> when, he, right. when he grabs the steak off Kip's plate. Sure. and yeah. yeah, it's gonna take you out. So they uh, they go over the fence and they land in the yard. And of course, Dale is there for some reason. I, it can't be his yard because I believe his. Well, when I think of it, I'm trying to picture where his house is in relation to Hank's. I guess it is next door. Yeah. So maybe it's maybe it's Dale's backyard. They go and they land in the in the grass. Uh, Dale looks at them and goes, "Gobbits of meat from the sky, gobbits." Of meat from the sky. Gobbits. Yeah. And then he licks it, looks up, and says, Doesn't taste like Buckley. <laughs> tastes like Buckley. <laughs> I don't know when he tasted Buckley. But, hey, that is a good time to take a commercial break, and we will do that, and uh, we'll come right back. This is Hank Hill again from Strickland Propane. Today, I'm talking with someone you might know, Chuck Mangione. He wants to tell you about propane. Take it away, Chuck. Thanks, Hank. You know, just because I don't work for the Megalomart anymore doesn't mean I don't love propane and propane accessories. You know, it's clean burning and efficient fuel for your grills and heating your home and anything else you might want. I love propane. It fuels so good. Brought to you by the Texas Propane Association, Charlie Fortner, President. All right, we are back, and uh, we are now in the Hills Kitchen, and yep. they are they are obviously getting ready to go to the funeral. Yep. Uh, Peggy calls it awake, uh, but uh, she is pulling the uh, the saran wrap real tight over a casserole she's made. Yeah, and you know, the, and the thing I noticed about her is she's got the frilly sleeves and the big puffy shoulders and stuff on her dress. Yeah, for I sure. Guess that's dressed up for her. 
I don't know if that's dressed up for her or not, but uh, if that's dressed up for her, uh, she needs to dress down. <laughs> she says, "Oh, Hank, she's better uh, pulling up in shorts." Well, Hank's Hank's got on a uh, like a like a dark gray suit. You know, they're obviously getting ready to go to the funeral. She says, "Oh, Hank, they need your help at Buckley's Wake, man in the grill." Oh, he says, "What a grilling what? opportunity!" He says, it's not an opportunity that Hank can turn down. Yeah. She, he says, uh, is it propane? She says, of course it's propane, Hank. They're not Unitarians. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that joke. But <laughs> I don't know what a Unitarian is, I guess. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I think it's a, de- a denomination of the oh, Christian Oh, I know church. it's a denomination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, would, it would be a... <clears throat> but uh, I don't know why Unitarians would uh, not use propane. I'm, I'm not, not sure, sure why they wouldn't use propane. Maybe, maybe, maybe they live rustically. I'm not sure. Maybe? Not rustily, but rustically. Rustily. Yeah, rustily. They live in a lot of rust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything gets rusted. Um, she says, they're not Unitarians. He says, uh, well, I wouldn't feel right. I barely knew Buckley. Wake grilling is something you do for a blood relative or a close friend. Now, maybe when Bill dies. Maybe he'll do it then. She says, oh, honey, what a pretty outfit for a funeral. In comes Luann. She uh, has this this green one-piece dress on. With a gray shirt underneath it, looking just like Sinead O'Connor. That's yeah, when I wrote this. She looks just down. like Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. That's when I wrote this down. Zombie. Do you remember? Do you remember? You don't remember what Sinead O'Connor did? Didn't she um, on S? I think it was she SNL did. or the Oscars. She tore it up was a picture SNL. of the Pope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Held up a picture of the Pope and said something like. Um, she was in the middle of a song. And uh, yeah, the only she activist, said something female like occupation or whatever, and tore up a picture of the Pope. And the only the uh, female activist that I can remember doing something w- was Jane Fonda when she yeah. pissed on the American flag in North Vietnam. Sure, that was crazy though. It is just crazy. just imagine that American Hanoi woman yeah. got allowed into. I know. She talked North her way Vietnam. In. Well, and got to like, piss on the American flag, and then got to come back and have a career. Yeah, no kidding. On top of that, yeah. Hey. The American dream, folks. <laughs> the American dream. It helps being married to Ted Turner. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It does help being married to Ted Turner. I good, forgot. Good hey, point, Mason. Go. That's great. Pop, col- pop culture genius <laughs> here. That's right. Hey, that's right. wonderful. You feed him a pie. He's yeah, he's, he's got it. Yeah. Uh, he's so, been more talkative than he's been the whole time he's been here. I like it. So in she comes, and uh, uh, she says, oh, honey, what a pretty, pretty outfit for a funeral. Of course, it's, it's kind of a veiled insult. Uh, she says, now, before you go, you might want to open this. She hands her a box. She says, your friend from the Beauty Academy dropped it off. Luann opens up the box. She pulls out a little card and uh, pulls out a wig that looks like uh, a, a shaved Afghan dog. I mean, it, it looks it looks terrible. <laughs> it right? looks like the Merkin that we were talking yeah, about the yeah. other episode. It's like, it's like yeah. they swept up all the hair and made a wig out of it. You yeah, know, it's, yeah, it's several different colors. But she reads the card. It says, sorry for your loss. You had beautiful hair. She goes, they made me a wig. And then she reads the card and it says, we made you a wig. They made and me a wig. And then she responds with, they made me a wig. They made me a wig. And she just hands it back to Peggy and says, throw it out. Uh, she walks out of the room and Peggy says, well, you just go ahead and grieve any way you want. Red Book says losing a boyfriend is the fourth most painful loss right between grandmother and penis. Okay. Red Book is telling you about losing your penis. Losing your uh, penis. Luann says, oh, I'm not grieving. I broke up with Buckley seconds before the explosion. I never looked back. That's why I still have my eyebrows, which is a great joke. That is a great way, joke. A great I never joke. looked back. <laughs> so we're transitioning. That's perfect. That is great. We're like transitioning to the graveside. But before that, Bobby puts the dumb wig on, and Hank gets mad at him and like yanks the wig yanks off, the his, wig off his head. Yeah. The Merkin. 
Yeah, or yanks the, you know, the Birkin off Bobby's head. I, I had to look up Merkins after yeah. we talked about it just to see. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're a real a, thing. Apparently, there's a large supplier. There, oh, yeah. There's a, an industrial supplier of commercial-grade Commercial Merkins. Commercial-grade Merkins, sure. And uh, they come with a, uh, a body-safe, sticky adhesive. Mm. So you could... I would hope so. Stick them to yourselves. In that area. They also have some really uh, ones that are, are a little on the cheaper end that have a... <laughs> Bikini style strap <laughs> to where you could strap it around your waist <laughs> and up your gooch and like uh-huh, tie it to uh-huh. where it's like it, it stays attached. And then they have one that uh, uh, has the real curly red hair. It's the clown merkin. Yeah, and then they it's it uh, whenever you. Yeah, it's uh, they also have an orange merkin for those uh, that are in jail. It's like sure. a jailhouse merkin. Sure, it jailhouse says merkin. property of whatever you know. My favorite Elvis song, jailhouse merkin. Jailhouse yeah, merkin. Good stuff. A jailhouse merkin. <laughs> <laughs> so we're now at the graveside of Buckley's funeral, and uh, Dale says something's not right. A week's salary says that box is empty. He's talking to Boomhauer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, like, I like the scene though. See, this is Wes Archer. All this is Wes Archer. I went back and I watched the uh, some of the commentary stuff on yeah. from the first uh, season. Yeah. And they they only have two episodes. It's the first two episodes. Is all they have commentary for. Right. But they gave away so much cool stuff. So a lot of these really cinematic scenes, because this is one of those ones I consider, you know, mm-hmm. kind of cinematic. How they're yeah. standing next this to each whole other. Episode it it looks cinematic. like. Uh, it looks like almost like a uh, like a mafia scene at the funeral kind it of does. thing is how, yep. how it looks, no, but right. uh, that's all Wes Archer's animation direction because he d- you know he animate he did the direction for all this. So Dale says that uh, he thinks the box is empty, and then he goes over there, opens it, opens the damn casket, and it's probably like a bowl of soup. He turns completely white and pukes yeah. in the coffin, which is it's insane. But nobody sees him, and he just shuts it and walks he just off. Shuts it. And he doesn't yeah. like walk off. He starts like this odd like sprint yeah. away, yeah. like this like hunched over sprint thing. So now we see the crowd that's sitting there, and Buck leans over and he's talking to Hank, and he says, "Didn't think I'd see you here. Guilty conscience, huh?" Guilty conscience. Hank says, "Why would I have a guilty conscience? I did not blow up the Megalomart." And he says, "Oh, good. I'm glad you, you said, said that, that Hank. Hank. Yeah, I'm wearing a wire for an unrelated, unrelated matter. matter. So when can I expect you back?" <laughs> he shows him the wire. He's yeah, he shows wearing. him the wire. Yeah, <laughs> it's just nuts. What I'm is it? Is wire. the wire for the railroad commission? Is the wire for the? No, it's for an unrelated was, matter. I it, assumed he was gonna use it to blackmail Hank. I guess just man. one thing to hold over him. He just he just goes around and straps on wires. And or or he's wrapped up in some other kind of. That's uh, kind of what I thought. Criminal matter. I, I think he's wrapped he was, up in some criminal matter, yeah. and he's got to wear a wire, like <laughs> for every situation that he's involved in at the moment. <laughs> and they're just trying to catch somebody, and uh, yeah. I, you know it might be something. Uh, Something to do with some shady. It's per- well, he's a pretty nefarious yeah. guy. I mean, he likes to bet. It it's all the betting. Crap oh yeah, that he does, all well, the betting, betting and the ladies and the drinking and the everything. Yeah, horn and drinking. So yeah. Hank says uh, that he'll be back after an, a period, uh, an appropriate period of grieving. Uh, and he says uh, Buckley was practically a son to me. And then he makes this face. I mean, the face looks. Oh, the terrible. face is crazy. You know, uh, another thing too. Uh, I've We'll get. We're almost there. So hold on. I'll, I'll hold. I'll hold this. This next tidbit. All right. So Chuck Mangione is right there by the, by the coffin, and he pulls out his flugelhorn and starts playing taps, which then transitions into, into feels, feels so, so good. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Connie. It's actually really good. I, I oh, really it's like. Wonderful. It's a good sound. It's a good oh, sound. Feels so good by Chuck Mangione, folks. Get yeah. it on Spotify. <laughs>
This is depressing. You want to go play in the cemetery? Okay. So Connie reaches up uh, to Bobby. Uh, they're sitting at the uh, at the graveside, and she says, "This is depressing. You want to go play in the cemetery?" Bobby's <laughs> just like, "Okay." You and never then, played in a cemetery as a kid. Well, then they just wander off. I mean, that's okay. For the kids to just run off and play in the cemetery. Well, I don't know if it's okay during a funeral. I don't think it's appropriate for funeral activity, but well, you I'm never just, played in one as a kid ever? Like a cemetery? Not really, no. Never ran through no, one? No, not much. They didn't have any any near you? I just don't like them. Oh, you just didn't I like just don't it? don't care. Yeah. yeah. Cemeteries are... I, well, my dad, uh, he worked for a monument company. Oh, yeah? Uh, for a good, like, decade you know, or so growing up. Uh-huh. And I remember... We would go to the cemeteries, depending on where he was at that day. Like if he was in town or if he was somewhere close to you know town. Sure. Uh, we would drive out and we would go have lunch with him in the cemeteries. And uh, my little sister, uh, she got to enjoy it more so than the rest of us because she was uh, not in school at that time, and we were all in school, so we only got to enjoy it in the summer. And she yeah, got to go sure, like every sure. day, right. and that was what she would ask my mom. She would say, uh, "Hey, can we go eat with the dead people today?" <laughs> And they would go and they would sit in the cemetery and they would just sit there and she would go and she would, that was, you know, a reading exercise for it was learning how to read people's names off, off a tombstone. For some reason, some I morbid shit. For yeah. some reason, I assume they're eating cold fried chicken. Uh, well, no, my mom, it was probably like cold rotisserie chicken. Yeah. Sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was, she went all out. She liked the rotisserie chicken, huh? Yeah. Rotisserie chicken sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, and you know. My dad was a real big. He is still real big on onions. Oh, like raw onion. Yeah. Does he eat an onion like an apple? Uh, he can. Yeah. But he usually eats like half of an onion. My grandfather used with to do dinner. That. Yeah. Like like a whole half oh, an yeah. onion with every dinner, yeah. which is it. I mean he's sixty two and uh, smells like onion. Well, it smells like onions, but <laughs> he's got really good. Uh, it's heart health and stuff like that. So so onions are good for your heart. Uh, apparently so. The doctor said all that right. uh, his his clean diet, uh, you know, is what has curbed all the drinking and smoking all the years. So, so the onions it. are what's clearing it out. That's what they said. They huh. said that's a part of it. I all mean, the, a part of a, a clean diet. He eats a lot of like uh, all the crap attaches itself to the onion and just goes right out. Yeah, yeah. Well, they eat fresh. It's all fresh. Him and my mom eat all fresh vegetables. They get them from like farmers markets and stuff like yeah. that if they can. Sure. And uh, green onions you know, or just, big like white. onions? No, big white onions. He eats, huh. he eats like a whole half of an onion. <laughs> With 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 two slices two slices of bread, half an onion, and that's that's the this on like a garnish for every every meal he eats. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it's a sandwich. Well, no, he I does use well. He, I, well, that's the thing is, is he comes from an era of you know like it's partially it's poverty. round. Though. Well, he comes from poverty. It's a poverty thing yeah. where you. You eat a, you, you eat a couple pieces. No, not onion sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> but you eat a couple of pieces of bread with every meal to make yeah, up yeah, for yeah, not yeah, being yeah. able to have a full sure, meal. Kind sure, of thing, I get so. that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my <laughs> grandfather was big on beans and, and yeah, bread, beans. You know. My dad always like even now he's not like oh, you yeah, know like down and out like he too, was you know, growing the cheap up. Ones. Always yeah. has beans, mm-hmm. a pot of beans on. Yeah, with a ham hock. Oh, with a ham hock. Oh, that's a treat. Ham hock and a pot of beans. That's a treat right there. Yeah, yeah. Ham hock and the beans. Well, they get the ham hock. They take the all the they they slice the ham off the hock and then yeah. they put the hock in. Yeah, the, in yeah, the, yeah. yeah. You let it you let it disintegrate in there basically, and you just yeah, pull, the, pull the bone out. Yeah, oh, it's that's very good, good stuff. Uh, so they're playing in the cemetery. We see the priest. Uh, he says the passing of Buckley is a great loss and a sad occasion. Would anyone care to come up and say a few words about Buckley? Uh, up comes a very angry Luann. Uh, she says, I guess y'all expect me to cry for Buckley, but I am not because there are a lot more important things to cry about. And then she unveils a picture of Bobby in his tidy whiteies mm-hmm. 
grabbing a French fry off and of the plate. And screams about an Irish. And she says, this a hungry is a picture Irish of boy. what a hungry Irish child looks like. <laughs> Fight the occupation. <laughs> you know, it's funny. This isn't funny. But that's actually. what Sinead O'Connor <clears throat> said. Fight the occupation whenever she tore up that. But I got a great bit of uh, IRA life experience because I, of course, am sure. from England. So, yeah. uh, of course. When we were getting ready to move over here, it was 1996. Mm -hmm. The city that I lived in, had uh, they had bombed a shopping center oh, Lord. in the city that we lived in. And uh, it was within the time, like a few months before we were supposed to move over here, it all happened. But they went in and they planted... Uh, in uh, Ireland, you're talking about. No, I'm talking about in, in England. Oh, it was in England. Yeah, it's, oh, wow. it's called the Arndale Center that they blew up. A-R-N-D-A-L-E. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. Uh, but they had the bombs rigged up around like the building and like vans or something like that. They oh, had wow. warned the police that there were bombs and that if they didn't want anybody to get hurt, they would have to evacuate people. So they evacuated everybody before they were able to locate the bombs. The IRA is not going to wait for cops. They don't give a shit about sure, that. They sure. don't. They're at this point. They're done trying to hurt civilians. They're just trying to stir up the government. Is all they're trying to do. Right. Right. Uh, which at a point in time they didn't evacuate. You know, at a point in time, my mom's like my mom remembers in the seventies when uh, she would be at work and they would clear out the whole hotel that she was working at because they would have an IRA threat in the neighborhood or like in, in the wow. vicinity of the hotel she was at. And that was in the, like the 70s and 80s. And she said that sometimes it was on like a weekly basis. You were doing that like once or twice a week, evacuating the whole area for IRA bombs. And That's uh, crazy. And, and yeah, and you wouldn't think that that would be, you know, you're thinking, oh, it's a, a Western, it's a Western nation, you know what I mean? But it was really happening. And I remember... Uh, the, the ruckus in the house after the explosion had happened. I remember my mom all, oh, my gosh, oh, they're doing it again. They're, doing, yeah. they're starting yeah. this. They're, they're starting this shit again. They're starting this shit again. But that was, like, the end of it. There it should like, be a ruckus if things are blowing up next to you. Well, the thing is, is what everybody was really upset about, which, you know, I, uh, they're upset because they're on the other side of it, of course. You know, I, the, the Irish have a great argument on their side, too. But uh, the English were really upset about it all because – all the the ones that were doing the bombings and stuff, the she the Sheen Fein or whatever, they all elevated into government after that. They oh, let, they yeah. let all those dudes that were doing all those bombings yeah. and killings in the sixties, seventies, and eighties. They all got elevated to uh, politics instead, where they could you know that's crazy kill and maim in a different way. No, it's yeah. really crazy because you know some of them were responsible for killing you know like well, that's what innocent I'm it's people, nuts, yeah. people that weren't in the military or anything. It was just like innocent civilians dying for it. You know, of course. Irish lost tons of innocent civilians too sure. in the whole situation. Sure. It was a back and forth, you know. It was a war zone in the middle of cities, which isn't, you know, and not even like third world country kind of stuff. You're in the middle of, you know, what you would call a quote unquote civilized. Oh, yeah. Supposedly, yeah. I don't think anything is civilized anywhere, but it's supposedly civilized people. So this is the funniest episode ever. It is the funniest episode <laughs> ever. <laughs> so the priest says, uh, Is there anyone else who'd like to say a few words about Buckley? Anybody at all? Name of the boy was Buckley, uh, and then the weirdest thing up gets up comes Khan. Yeah, which Khan. he just comes out of nowhere. I don't think I even saw him sitting in the crowd, and then he just comes out and he says, "At first, I didn't much like Buckley, I admit, but uh, then when I saw how much he pissed off my neighbor, Mister Hank Hill, I decided to seek out this Buckley fellow and get to know him. I grew to love that boy. Now that he's gone, I feel a big hole in my life. I think we all do." Is a world without Buckley a world we want to live in? As a Buddhist, of course, I get comfort from a story. I don't have to tell you how much Buddhists share like stories. Uh, he says, uh, anyway, story began with a man being chased by a ferocious tiger, and then it, it kind of fades into this uh, tapestry-looking story. Yeah. You know, it's, it's actually kind of cool. 
Um, he says uh, it begins with a ferocious tiger. Uh, he's chasing a man, and uh, the tiger chased the man to the edge of the cliff. The man falls off. Halfway down, he grabs onto a branch. He looks up and sees a hungry tiger. Now he looks down. He sees another hungry tiger waiting for him on the ground below. Not a good place to be. He says he knows for sure he's going to die. Then out of the corner of his eye, he sees a wild strawberry growing from the same branch. He plucks it. He eats it. And it was the sweetest tasting strawberry he ever had. You know what the, the parable is, right? Huh. Uh, As you're closer to death, things are, are sweeter or better. Well, you well, it's... Uh, no, well, no, it's 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 deeper than that. Actually, mm. it's 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 all encompassing for life. The fact that death, this is like this is this is gonna be a dark episode with some elements, guys. Sure. It might not be as funny as other episodes. I don't really think this episode. It had a couple of good jokes, but I don't think it was meant to be funny. Uh, I, I think it was meant to challenge stuff, and that's what this whole show is. And that's why I really have a struggle when people call this show uh, when they try to politically like align things with this show or stuff like that. Because if anybody ever watches this show and you watch it the way we're watching it, yeah. uh, you would see that it, it's really not, it's extremely, you know, there's, there's so many different nuances that you could argue for both, both sides of an argument, but everybody has to remember that the creators, if nothing else, the creators, a lot of the writers, a lot of the, the artists, the artists that made this, the, sure. li the liberal artists, yeah. It's and it's a it's a lot of liberalism, yeah, and a lot of people try to be like, oh well, Hank Hill's conservative, this that or another and a third kind of thing. Well, I just I don't feel it. I don't think it. he is. No. I don't feel it. I think he's a centrist. I don't think he goes left or right. I think sure. that he's a, he goes with what makes sense. He's a common sense guy. And if 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 right doesn't make sense and left does, it's all he, left doesn't make sense. All and he right ever does. really wants is common sense, and that's it. And he just doesn't enjoy it when people you know are are turds. He, yeah, so he, that's he hates that. pretty much so that the, it's the meaning of that death is inevitable for all of us. So it's better to just take the joy in life and then focus on things you can't change. So even this, uh, Hank is uh, sitting in the in the crowd and he looks over at Dale and he says, can you believe this guy? He tells a joke at a funeral. Dale says, highly inappropriate, and then just lights up a cigarette. <laughs> he thought it was a joke. <laughs> that, that was a joke, right? That was a well, good joke there because it wasn't a joke. It was a parable that he was trying to tell and everybody. And then Bill's sitting behind him, and he's like, hey, yeah, that was funny. He, he just, yeah, Bill just Bill. completely misses it. Yeah, Bill's a, a, a twerp. He's an idiot. Yeah. Uh, we're back at the Hill House, and Peggy says, uh, I just don't know how one little boy can get so dirty in a cemetery. And the funny thing is, like, you look down the hall, you see the, the mud feet all over the place. His, uh, his jacket that he was wearing, Bobby, that is, uh, just full of mud. Uh, she says, Bobby, are you in the bath yet? He says, there's no hot water. She says, oh, the heater must have gone out again. Now, I want to make a point. Okay. Okay? She says heater. The heater. She does not say the hot water heater. The hot water heater. She just said the heater. She doesn't say water heater. She just says heater. Too many people in this world, and this is my Hank Hill moment, too many people in this world call it a hot water heater. If you already got hot water, why are you heating it? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It is not a hot water it's heater, not guys. A hot water heater. That's it right. It is a water heater. It is just a water heater. Uh, she she says uh, it's a water heater. She says uh, she asks Hank to go out and check on it. Uh, he does, and when he looks at the uh, obviously propane water heater. He kind of freaks out. You hear this ominous music. She comes in and says, so is it lit? He says, oh, well, getting there. He's got the matches in his hands. She just says, He's too scared to even light the damn thing. Oh, man, he can't even do it. He's She's, shaking like a leaf. She says, oh, for heaven's sake, Hank, I'll do it myself. 
and he literally tackles her before she can light the pilot light. He's that scared he can't even let her light the pilot yeah. light. Yeah, he's, she says, Hank, what is wrong with you? You won't go to work. You declined an opportunity to grill. And now this, you're acting like you're afraid of propane. She looks at him, and she realizes, oh, my God. Yeah. He's she, this is where propane. she realized that he's scared, yeah. Yep. Yep. So next thing we see, uh, we are at a strip mall. There seems to be a lot of strip malls in in Arlen. I don't know if they're the same one every time, but you know it it looks a lot like the one that had the comedy club in it. Uh, what was the comedy club called? Something with a Z. Balls. Zingers. Zingers. Something. I don't know. Zingers. I don't remember. Artie, tell us what it was called. Zigzags. So the strip mall sign this time says Sewing Notions, Dentistry, Pizza, Grief Counseling Center. So <laughs> all of those things are in a strip mall. I, I always. So, like, I went to a concert last night. Okay, which one? In Austin. I uh, went to see Me First in the Gimme Gimmies. Okay, Me First in the Gimme Gimmies. Me First in the Gimme Gimmies, the best cover band in the world. Uh, and. Uh, it the the place that we went to is across from a strip mall, right? Strip club or strip mall? Strip mall. Strip mall. Okay. And what what I what I always think about these strip malls is it's almost like there's no zoning in a strip mall. You know, it's like when you drive around in Belmead or in in other areas where you see a business trailer house, business trailer house, mud pit, whatever. Right? There's no yeah. Real zoning. There's, there's real no zoning yeah. or anything like that. But I feel that way about strip malls because it's like. Nail place, uh, burger place. You know, it's just so random, the the yeah. different places that are in the strip mall. But anyway, sewing notions, dentistry, pizza, and grief counseling. We are in the grief counseling uh, office, obviously. The man says, welcome to the Survivors of Propane Explosion Support Group. It's a very specific support Very, group. very specific support group. Yeah. I was going to say that, yeah. He says, let's start with Chuck. He steps out of the way, and we see Chuck Mangione sitting there at the Grief Counseling Center. Uh, he's holding his, his flugelhorn, uh, and he says, ever since that explosion, every song I play sounds like feels so good. The guy says, well, maybe that's because it does feel so good to be alive. He goes, mm, no, that's not it. Uh, he turns to Hank and he says, Mr. Hill, tell us how you're dealing with your grief. Hank says, nothing much to talk about. I was in a propane explosion. Now I'm afraid of propane. Next person. Peggy says, uh, Peggy, who is really worried at this point. Asks, She's super worried. What she <laughs> says, do you think you need shock treatment? Yeah. The guy says, well, perhaps. Sounds to me like what you're really afraid of is your own death. I want to point out that there are some posters in the background and we see the classic cat hanging from a, uh, a uh, tree branch or a, or a laundry line that says, hang in there. We see a poster that says, I hear you. There's another poster on the wall. It's just a sunset. Couldn't tell what it said. Yeah, this guy doesn't have a voice actor listed either. Really? What, what, what is his name? I don't know what his name is. He's just the he grief have, counselor guy. It just says grief counselor. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't show, at least here on, you know, the the source that I use, it doesn't show the voice actor's name for that. You know, <clears throat> you know, Mike, we're going to have to, I'm going to have to contact that college that has all that stuff. And we're going to have yeah. to like go down there one weekend. Yeah, let's and do it. We got to get that done. I think that would be great. I think that'd be really good. It would be. I great. don't know what a, kind of access we can get, but Texas state. 
you think they would give us? Isn't that who it is? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I don't, I, don't, I don't know what kind of accesses they're affording people to go see all I that stuff. Know. I know they have an uh-huh. exhibit you can go see, but I think if we, you know, hey, let's go break uh, in. We're a King of the Hill podcast. Uh, let us in the door. We might get a little. Do you want And Well, you're an educator too, so. Do you want to break in? I mean, I'm, I'm wearing a wire for unrelated reasons, but uh, can you tell me whether you'd like to break in? Do I want to break in? Is it going to be like, uh, do we need to call Nicholas Cage up to help us design? Let's the, do it. Yeah. The break yeah. in here is going to be uh, like stealing the Declaration yeah. of Independence. Uh, so, <laughs> So Hank, the guy says that he's he's afraid of his own death. Hank's like, what? Nobody's afraid of death. That's crazy. I'm afraid of propane. Guy says, you're transferring, Mr. Hill. Doesn't it scare you, the thought of missing all your family's special moments? No. Never again sipping wine with your friends, scratching your cat or cats. No. Making love to your partner. Hank just jumps up and says, no, no, no. And then you hear this hissing. And the guy says, Mr. Hill, only when you deal with the fear of death will you be able to overcome your fear of propane. Hank says, stop it. Can't you hear the hissing? It's propane. This room's going to blow. And he runs out. And then we see Chuck Mangiani over there uh, emptying out his spit valve. Yep. So that's that's what the whole sound was. Yeah, Yeah, that was a spit valve. Uh, We're back in the uh, Hill's living room. Peggy says, here, she hands a book to uh, Hank. He says, what's this? She says, it's my scrapbook. She says, this is the way that rational people deal with it, Hank, by clipping articles out about grisly accidents from the local newspapers. It's also my hobby. It's also my hobby. (laughs) What a weird-ass hobby, right? That's a weird-ass hobby. Hank starts looking through it, and he's like, good Lord, Peggy, what... And I think it's almost as weird as like uh, some people's obsession with reading the obituaries. Every yeah, day. I don't understand that either. I don't want to read the obituaries. Well, my dad always my dad always tells me, "Well, I'm just trying to make sure I'm not in them." And I'm like, yeah. "Well, you're sitting there reading them. Why would you be in sure. there?" Sure. Well, and it's a good joke. Everybody. It is a good, it, it is a joke. Uh, the first picture is it just missed me the first time I ever heard it, and I I just can't I, I can't tolerate that joke anymore. The first picture is a car wrapped around a telephone pole. And it <coughs> says "Jaws of Life become Jaws of Death," which I don't Jaws understand how that happened. It says uh, like a movie. It says like a movie like punchline: "The Jaws of Life become the, the Jaws, Jaws of, of Death." death. <laughs> this time it's personal. Uh, <laughs> the second picture he turns to it's an ambulance. Uh, some EMTs putting somebody in the ambulance. It says uh, "dragged 300 feet." Then it's just kind of a compilation of him looking through the book. The next one he sees is the Leonard Skinner plane crash. Yeah. Uh, and then we see a chess club massacre. It's got a picture of these people that were in a chess club, and it says that they beat this this certain group. And Peggy says they beat the Aggies, but they couldn't beat that train. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is kind of fantastic. It is pretty good. So we're back out in the alleyway. Uh, Hank is finally kind of coming to terms with this stuff yeah i think he's getting he's getting a little better he, he asks the guys he says y'all ever think about death and bill says well yeah i think about it hank i'm an army barber i get up every day and stare death in the back of the head which is a wonderful <laughs> joke yeah it's a good one dale there's says, not very many jokes in this episode but the ones that are there are amazing dale says i'm not gonna die chromium piccolo nate every orifice every day and then all three of the guys just move away from him <laughs> which is fantastic yeah he's uh He's the one that I'd be worried about being radioactive or something like while he's sitting next to you. Khan sticks his head out of the fence and says, hey, Hank, let me give you a piece of advice. You need to relax and enjoy life. I got this story about a tiger. Knock your socks off. I already heard that one. Yeah. Yeah, he says, I already heard that joke, Khan. Bill says, ha strawberry. Then he brings up, this is, this is where it gets dark with these guys, right? Yep. He says, Hank, you ever thought about who'll take care of Bobby when you're gone? Because I'd like to throw my hat in the ring. I'd take him to baseball games, and me and Peggy could sit up in bed at night picking out colleges. 
Uh, uh, he was pissed. Yeah, he didn't really, Hank, he didn't really like says, that. Peggy would not be included in any guardianship situations. Dale says, I'll take the boy. The Widow Hill is on her own. And then the two shake hands in front of Hank. <laughs> They've made a deal that Dale is going to take Bobby. Uh, Bill will try to get Peggy. And they're shaking hands in front of Hank about it because he's already dead. Yeah. Uh, he says, don't shake hands. Let go of that. I'm not saying Bobby goes to either of you. And then we see Bobby, as they're talking, we see Bobby and Connie like peeking up over the fence, over the privacy fence. And then after this, we see them uh, behind the fence, and they're yep. standing on their bicycles. Joseph is over there. He never says anything. Never says nothing. Uh, but he says, what's going on? I thought he was going to be okay. And then he gets real depressed, right? And Connie like puts her arm around him or whatever. Uh, we're back at the alleyway, and here comes Boomhauer. Boomhauer on, on life. He says, man, I'll tell you what, I ain't got a dang old meaning of life, man. It's like this man be like a butterfly flapping his wings deep down the forest, man. It's going to cause a tree to fall like 5,000 miles away, man. The no butterfly effect, yeah. No, nobody see it. Nobody done nothing. It even happened. You know, you have a baby born in this world. Ain't got no goddamn friends. No nothing. you going to come in and find out about the old evil, man. Man, see, like you don't even know, man, what's going on. Born into this world, man, it's like, man, dust in the wind. He gets down, he starts blowing dirt yeah. out of his hand. Man, I'm talking about dang old candle dang in the wind, candle man. Candle in the wind. It don't wind. matter don't at all. Matter. It's all, it's all oldies all the time. Like that dang old, I think, therefore you are, man. <laughs> that's the most you get out of him. It's wonderful. Hank says, well, that's what we tell ourselves, isn't it, Boomhauer? Like that's comforting. We got a saying. we got a compliment from somebody. Who was it? Oh yeah, uh, Bob the Gilder likes mm. uh, he likes both of our impressions of. Oh Bob. yeah, oh that's yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. likes both of our impressions. Thanks, Bob he the had, Gilder. He had posted. Uh, if you haven't seen our last episode, our last episode was our Friday episode, which had a a guest, Bob the Gilder, uh, when he did his uh, little promo self promo for us. He uh, that's that's what he said in his promo. Hey, I like these guys. They'll the Boomhauer impressions. Y'all go oh, check them out. Great. Yeah. So, like thanks for the shout out, Gilder. I think therefore you are, man. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we are back in the backyard. We're at the grill. Hank is still super sweaty. He's got sweat pouring off of him. His pits are all stained. Yeah. And he has a he's wild. very very long stick that he's trying to light the grill with. He's trying to push that button to ignite, which never worked for me. I don't understand. Yep, that never worked. Uh, and he's trying to poke at it, and then here comes Peggy running up. She says, "Hank, Hank, I can't find Bobby. Connie says he ran away. He's already beyond the tri yard area. The tri yard area. And this is where we get our second. <laughs> yeah, our bois. All right, we're gonna take another commercial break. Uh, Mason Market, and we'll be right back. Lagranta capers. Lagranta plush bathrobes and roomy slippers. Lagranta." Capers, a round of golf. La Grunta, a dolphin encounter. La Grunta, deer hunting. La Grunta, shooting fish in a barrel. La Grunta, all located here at Arlen's Luxury Spa and Resort. La Grunta. All dolphin encounters require signed liability waivers. The Grunta.
Okay, coming back from the commercial, we are back. Uh, And now the entire uh, neighborhood is out because they all know that Bobby's missing. Yeah, Bobby's Uh, out of there. Where's he at? Yeah, uh, here comes Hank out. He says, Bobby! And then uh, Peggy comes out and says, here's a fruit pie. You get Lady Bird. I mean, they are on it. You know, They're this on is, it. This is a Especially when mission. you start whipping out fruit pies to look for somebody. Yeah, you definitely thus, about it. thus, the fruit pies you brought us. The fruit pies. That's why I brought fruit pies today, and guys, the, uh, because they used fruit pies to find Bobby. <laughs> and later on, when Mason goes missing, we're going to use... <laughs> We're gonna use the scent of fruit pies to find right. him. We're gonna we gotta find the hound dog first. We gotta though. get a dog first. Yeah. yeah. If anybody yeah. would like to donate a hound dog, no, I don't want to be a part of that. Thank yeah, you I very much. Be, if anybody wants to do, donate a hound dog, you you contact Rusty. Yeah, please don't. I don't need any more dogs. I don't uh, need any dogs. So they are they are really frantic. Uh, he says, "Come on, smell the pie, girl." Shoves that pie into Lady Bird's face. She takes the she takes the scent. He goes, "She's locked on Bobby's scent." Come on, girl, and they run off. Uh, Peggy says, hurry, Hank. I hope he finds Bobby before dark. It reminds me of that uh, Blake Shelton song. Come on, somebody. Why don't you run? <laughs> Lady Bird's itching to have a little fun. <laughs> uh, you know what song I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, Old Red. Yeah, that's, a, good, that's a great sure. song. Uh, Luann, who is still pissed off Luann, says, uh, it's hard to feel sorry for that little boy. There are whole villages in Ireland where children are too busy serving are sewing whooshes on tennis shoes to run away. And I'm only assuming she's talking about, uh, like, child labor uh, sewing up Nikes. Uh, Khan has had enough of this. He says, uh, I heard enough from you. The more you hold in, the more you put uh, on strange Sinead O'Connor act. She she kind of She got called out, yeah. So this yeah. is where you get the Sinead O'Connor call he out. He says, cry river a tear for Buckley. Why not you? So uh, he's, he's actually pissed off. And... I think he truly did like Buckley. He might have had, there might have been some like secret, you know. It's weird. Friend, they might have had a friendship that nobody it's knew so about or something. Weird. Well, you know, this is what I think is weird right here. This is a fan theory for me being a fan of the show. I think Buckley supplies Khan with weed. Oh, and I think I that's, can see that. I think that's where the friendship comes from. Because yeah, what what middle-aged man is teaming up with a 20-year-old and you know, that that weird... It can't be because... That, you see what I'm saying? It makes sense. It makes sense that the, the guy doesn't have anybody to get weed from, so he's at the Megalomart and happens to smell it on him or something. It's like, hey, man, you, well, know, you, get, a, you get a little dime sack. He, <laughs> he says it's because he pisses off Hank Hill so much. But I think maybe that's just the way it started. That's the way it started. Yeah. I think that like then all of Buckley was, was leaving on his bike one day and... Hey, you hate him too? Oh yeah, he jackass. You you got weed? All of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. seeds and stems everywhere. The seeds and stems everywhere. Uh, so uh, Luann storms off. She goes into her room and she's talking to herself. So I'm not crying for Buckley. Big deal. He doesn't deserve it. And then she sees the little birthday card on her mirror that she got from Buckley. And we hear Buckley's angelic voice come in and say, "Hey, so for your birthday, I wanted to get you his earrings. You like? But I'm kind of tapped out. So here's some CDs. I don't listen to anymore. Later, Buckley." Later, Buckley. Later. Yeah, yeah Buckley. I'm a jackass. Here's a couple of CDs I don't listen to anymore. Uh, the the third one's kind of scratched. Only the first three songs work, and then it starts to skip real bad about fourth way into the you third song. You put some song. toothpaste on it. It'll work. It'll work. Uh, Flush it in the toilet, but, but don't let it go down. Wait, that was a cure? I don't know. That was something me and my that's something me and my brother thought worked. We'd throw him in the toilet like flush, 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 and like the clean toilet. That doesn't do anything. What's it, it gonna do? I don't know. <laughs> it was just we were like we were like eight. I was like put him in the toilet. I was like eight. Yeah, I don't wow. know. I don't know what I was okay. doing. I got in trouble for it very fast. So that's well, you probably should have. They uh, they curbed that really really quickly. Whatever the hell that was about. 
So finally, but we were convinced that it worked. So. <laughs> finally, Luann is breaking down. She starts sobbing. She says, Buckley, my hair, I'm so alone. And then <laughs> our PlayStation she, smelled like piss. <laughs> what? The discs oh, our PlayStation oh. smelled like piss. I thought it was just this random thing. I, I <laughs> no, it's a follow-up. I to couldn't the, put yeah. two and two together. My uh, PlayStation <laughs> smelled like piss. Okay, well, let me read the rest of this. Uh, so <laughs> she is just slumped. <laughs> She's slumped in this chair. Yeah. And up comes the donkey on one hand, and she says, Eeyaw, no, you're not. Because she's saying she's so alone. Yeah. Uh, and then up comes Reginald Fe- Featherbottom, Sir Reginald Featherbottom, and he says, You're right as rain. What, what? It's such a pretty young thing as well. Uh, and she says, But I don't want to look pretty anymore. Oh, that's just rubbish. Every girl wants to look pretty, right, ho? Why don't you try on that lovely wig? She says, so she tries it on. She goes, oh, how do I look? He goes, oh, huh, let's see it off again. <laughs> so yeah, let's see it off again. She's literally telling herself. I mean, she's talking to herself as this dumb penguin. Uh, now, we're back at the playground, uh, back at the rocket where this this whole thing started. Uh, yep. It's sun. It's starting to be sundown. The, the clouds in the sky are all orange, and it's just beautiful. Uh, Hank crawls up uh, into the rocket, and Bobby says, Dad, how'd you find me? He says, well, I let Ladybird sniff one of your fruit pies, and she took me around the block a few times, and, well, then Mr. Krensky called and said he saw you over here. Yeah, Bobby dog says, didn't even do it. Bobby says, oh, he was probably just looking for his mom, and then we see an old lady just digging through a sandbox, which yes. is just the weirdest thing. Really weird. Hank says, yeah, so I guess you're up here because the way I've been acting since the explosion. Uh, Bobby says, well, when that happened, I was afraid you were dead. And today you were talking to your friends about dying. I guess I freaked out. This is really like a super touching moment. Yeah, it's a really touching moment. I like it. Yeah. Hank says, oh, son, you shouldn't be worrying about that stuff. Hopefully it's a long way off. A boy your age ought to be worrying about getting dates, making the team and, you know, getting dates. Uh, And my dying shouldn't be the bottom of the list. You need to relax and enjoy life. And then it just dawns on him. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit, that's what I should be doing. He says, huh, hey, did I ever tell you the story about the man and the tiger? Bobby says, uh-uh, because he had run off at the funeral. <laughs> yeah, so he told. goes to try to tell that, yeah. He says, well, it was this man. He was being chased by a ferocious tiger. Uh, make that a lion, uh, a Detroit lion, two of them. And the man was Cowboy Hall of Famer Roger Staubach. And Bobby says, I know him. He sells life insurance on TV. Yeah. Hank comes back and he now, says, Now uh, it's J.R. Walker and uh, oh, who's the Jimmy other one? Jimmy J.J. Walker. Yeah, and uh, Joe Namath. Yes. Those are the two that I've seen. I don't understand why Joe Namath is still alive. Yeah, I don't either. Like, Joe Namath. He should have been doing AR, ARP commercials like 30 years ago. Joe Namath is super old. Yeah. Uh, I remember, do you remember Joe Namath? Well, have you ever seen the pictures of Joe Namath uh, selling pantyhose? I'm not sure I want to. He used to put on pantyhose, and he would sell them when he was the quarterback for the New York Jets. And he probably made millions of dollars oh, doing well, it. well, I don't think he made millions. I think he made hundreds of thousands of dollars at that time. But, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever whatever it may be. Sure. He made so a, uh, he says he literal sells, fuck ton. He sells, he sells life insurance on TV. He goes, yeah. Well, anyway, the lines were blitzing, and Roger bailed, uh, rolled out of the pocket, running for his life. He headed for the sideline, but these two lines were closing in on him. Then out of the corner of his eye, he saw a strawberry cup of Gatorade. Well, Roger took a drink of that Gatorade, but I'll tell you something, son. It was the sweetest sip of Gatorade Roger ever tasted. Bobby says, oh, I get it. It's funny, Dad. Like <laughs> like Bill. Like Bill, yeah. So Why do you tell a joke in at comes a funeral? Your, in comes your, your theory uh-huh. that he might be Bill's kid. Yeah. 
right? That, I guess, yeah, I guess that speaks to that theory for sure. It could speak to that theory. Speaks to that theory. He says, oh, I get it, Dad. It's funny. Uh, you told it great. I got an even better job. And then you know you. what? That theory could even tie into the parable here. You sure. Know, Hank knew that he was never going to have a kid, so he drank the Gatorade, which was the Gatorade would be Bill impregnated his wife so he could have a child. That is so deep. It is, isn't it? That's that's too... Yeah, as deep as Bill was and Peggy making I, oh, Bobby. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's rough. Mark, yeah, we gotta maybe edit that out and I'll leave it there. No, leave that's that good. There. <laughs> so Bobby says he's gonna tell a joke uh because it's even better. Uh and we're seeing the sun go down, it's just beautiful, and Hank and Bobby get real close and it's just a really touching moment when Bobby says, Two Eskimos want to buy a car together, but the only <laughs> yeah. one of them knows how to drive. So they take a bus to the car store and they bring their money with them. Oh, wait, did I say they were trading in their dog sled? Hank says no. He goes, good, because that's, that's the punchline. Punch yeah, <laughs> doesn't ruin the whole joke. <laughs> so the money melts because there's a snowball, and they get there late, and blah, 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 blah. So it's it's just really a, a great ending to a very deep episode, to be honest with you. And it, and it comes down to Hank and Bobby sharing some father-son time. Yeah. And, uh, it's really cool. And then you get back. and When, uh, the, when the credits start rolling. Yeah, the credit yeah, roll. We, we were back at Strickland. Um and Maria says, uh, Hank, look out, it's going to blow. And we see Hank working on the tank outside. He says, ha, very funny. Uh, then I guess it's Enrique. He says, uh, hey, Hank, you got a light? He says, that's a real good one for the 15th time. And then out comes Joe Jack. Uh, he's got his arm out of his jacket. And he goes, help, honey, my arm's been blown off by propane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that one. He goes, ha, ha, Joe Jack. Seriously, baby, yeah, thank you for like blowing it. up the Megalo Martin. He goes, I did not blow it up. Seriously, baby. That is the end. That is the end. I like, I like Joe Jack's voice. They they really one. need to. I think the uh, somebody needs to develop this book or, or, or just uh, Joe Jackisms. Uh, uh, well, no, no, not Joe Jackisms. We need a uh, King of the Hill novel series mm. read by various characters from the series, <laughs> but Joe Jack being the main narrator. He was he was running from a tiger, honey. He was and then he fell a off tiger, a cliff, honey. honey. Yeah. yeah. And he was and he liked the strawberry Gatorade, honey. He liked that strawberry Gatorade. I there, think that honey. would be great. I think that would be a great uh just to have like a series of like like short books, yeah. just like real short, you know. Uh kind of like they did with uh, uh Stephen King. Man, what was that one that he did? Uh The Green Mile, how he did like eight, seven or eight books uh, to tell the whole story of the Green yeah, Mile. Yeah. They should they should do that with like it's a great book. They should do that with like a King of the Hill. If they ever come out with the King of the Hill movie, they should break it into a series of books and then do that. I'm going to put out a challenge. There you go. Put out a challenge. I'm going to put out a challenge to our fans. Okay. This is really to one specific fan. Uh, I would love for you to imitate Joe Jack reading a very serious poem. And I'll challenge you with that. You have to pick pick (laughs) a uh, Wadsworth Longfellow. Hmm. Longfellow poem. Longfellow huh? poem. Wow. Your choice. You have to pick a Longfellow poem, read it in Joe, Jack's, Joe, Jack reading Joe it. Jack's voice, and we'll put it on air, and I'll give you another shout-out, Chris. <laughs> that's Christopher that, that that does that for us. Shout-out to him Chris. and his daughter for doing the, yeah, man, that's the few ads that he's done stuff, for us. It's, yeah. been, it's been great to have interaction from you guys, so we'll go ahead it and is. wrap it up and throw that in there. So uh, you can find us on BWAAA, K-O-T-H, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. That's three A's. 
Uh, Three A's, no waiting. Also, we're still waiting to hear back to see if we're uh, in the runner in the running for podcast of the year. Uh, if we're not, that's okay. We'll year. try again next year. Uh, but thanks for voting for us for everybody that did vote for us. We don't know yet. They're just slow counters. Well, I'm, 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 what I'm hoping this does is bring a little exposure to the podcast locally because sure. yeah. I don't think that we get as much love as nah, some of the other ones. Locally. Our numbers no. are great, but our Nothing numbers aren't local. local. Yeah. yeah, they're not yeah. as local as we'd like. But it's okay. I don't really care. I like everybody that listens to our podcast. I'm glad that we have people here anybody that wants to listen to our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take anybody so we can I'll get. I'll take anybody. So yeah. shout out to everybody that's messaged, but, yeah, emailed. Having, having said that, we love the interaction. So yeah. any anybody wants to send anything in to us, we will play it for the most part. Uh, anybody wants to uh, send us an email, wants to send us a, a telegraph. Uh, a, a, I, 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 I don't have the person's name yet. I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off on uh, uh, the person's name. Yeah. And uh, Chris just messaged us here. He said he's honored. Well, oh, thanks, Chris. We appreciate fantastic, it. Fantastic, Chris. Uh, I, I, had me- I had messaged him the link to the Twitter space. I don't think he's actively watching. Yeah, sure. But I told him thanks for letting us use the voice stuff that he's let us use oh, so far. Yeah, man. And yeah. he said he's honored to be a part of it. So Such good we're stuff. honored that people... Really, just want to hear us. This is a talk crowdsourced podcast. It's you know? a crowdsourced crowd podcast. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly hey, what it is. Hey, uh, guys, also, if you could go over to roguemedianetwork.com, check out some of our other shows. Um, one that I, I would really like for this crowd to get interested in is called uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Please be on our show. Uh, it has just started, and we are recapping some of Jennifer Love Hewitt's best performances, starting with Ghost Whisperer. Uh, it's myself and Allison, and uh, the entire goal of this series... One of the editors. Allison is one of our editors yep. here at Rogue Media. Phenomenal editor. And the entire uh, goal of this series and the end of this series will be when, not if, when Jennifer Love Hewitt calls, visits, or emails us. So there you go. If any of you have any contact information or know where Jennifer Hewitt, <laughs> Love Hewitt might be no, on any no, given Tuesday, no, 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 Thursday, no, no. or Saturday... <laughs> Wait, Please let wait, us know. No, 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 no. That's too much. Yeah, you don't want to do that. But Jennifer Love Hewitt, please be on our show on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Please check out all the other shows. Waco Awards, we're watching you. Uh, we don't understand why you count so slow. Uh, but uh, be with us next week, and uh, or actually be with us on Friday. I guess, Friday, we yeah. Got one coming Friday. up. And, uh, and then who knows? It. Maybe Wednesday, one day too. Oh my God, you're gonna kill me. Yeah, no, it'd be all right though. All right, here we go. We're leaving. We'll see y'all later. With Tanya. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.